All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are live. Welcome to Miles Side Chat. This is a uh, just a little, little something I do on the side to clear my head and, you know, add another couple hours of me talking onto the internet because I feel like people definitely need more of me today. This is real self-serving. I'm pretty much just going to rant for the next couple hours because I don't really have a guest today. Um, we are going to have guests in the future, but today I just decided that I was going to do it because I've been putting it off trying to, you know, match with people's schedules, and so I just figured, you know what, let's just rant about some shit for a little bit. Um, start starting off with, I just kind of want to talk about TikTok in general. Um, it's just such a fucking cesspool of just the, the version of, like, I, I don't, I can't, I can't even call it shit posting because it's not even just the right word, where, I, I mean, I really do feel that when you have an app that's as popular as TikTok, you, you, there's, it's inevitable that you just get the amount of garbage. Like it's, it's the same thing with Instagram, how all those like shitty viners and like Anna Cerny and all those people went over to Instagram and YouTube and all this stuff that they just, it's just when you have a platform that large, you can't filter the garbage as well. <laughs> and so with something like TikTok, like, I believe I saw something the other day that said it was the most downloaded app in the Apple App Store ever. Like, the most downloaded third-party app, obviously, like, settings and shit like that is going to be the most... Because it's on just on every Apple phone. But that's just insane to me. I didn't realize it was that big. So when I, um, when I heard this, I was just like, yeah, that makes complete sense of why it's such a, such a phenomenon. And I don't think we should get rid of it. And I feel like definitely things like like that are needed in society to just weed out and expose how fucking stupid everybody is. But if you go on there, I mean, if, if you've ever been on TikTok, it's just like, it's just so bizarre to me that people, like, people, like, I have friends that will scroll on TikTok for hours at a time. And I'm not going to lie, I, I have an account and I have the app and I have done it. I'm like, I am definitely, uh guilty of doing it before and it's just so easy and there's just such an abundance of content that you could just never stop scrolling for for 24 hours a day and still have content um but like especially the whole the thirst trap aspect of this whole thing uh which if you don't know what that is it's kind of like where you act hot on video on purpose like you're actively trying to look hot in and the majority of the time, it just comes off really, like, fake and cringy, and it just gives you real weird nervous energy. And, like, I have a lot of female friends, and, oh, it pains me so much when I see them do this shit. And, like, oh, I see it, and I'm, I, I, I can't help myself but comment just, like, really mean things because I feel like nobody – people in their lives haven't bullied them enough to, so that they don't know not to do this, so they know not to do this. It's just, oh, I, I just like, where did, where did society fail you that you think that this is an acceptable way to do that? I mean, just to play devil's advocate here for a second, since they're not here to defend themselves, I get it's kind of just the same thing as like posting a, a, a picture of yourself in like a good angle or something like that in just, just in video form. It just seems so it seems so manufactured and so like if you're hot, you're going to be hot. Like there's no, like there are ways to look better on video, but 
when you when the entire video is just like you like gazing into the camera and like <laughs> like I don't know I've never like seen a TikTok of a thirst trap and been like oh yeah like oh that's I'm gonna hit her up in the comment section like that's never worked like when it is that like I does that work is does that work for like normal people or like normal TikTok users do they just see they see that and they're like damn let me hit her up it's just it's the strangest concept to me like in in 20 years we're gonna have like couples with babies and they're gonna have to explain to their fucking kids they're like mommy daddy how did you guys meet well uh son your your mother made this uh thirst trap tiktok of of her twerking to the song wop um by cardiff b and uh and uh i decided to hit her up in the dms and from there um, we proceeded to have sex, and here you are. And it just seems like such a clusterfuck. It's such a perfect example of why Gen Z is doomed to begin with. It's just that the fucking things that we invest our time into are such an odd generation that I really haven't figured out yet why, what we want or what we're doing or why we're doing it. There's just so many um, different facets of what it means to be Gen Z. And uh, I think the main thing I would say is just the, the level of cringe in our generation. And I don't, I don't exactly know when Gen Z ends in terms of like, like millennials ended, what, like 1998, 96 or something like that. When does Gen Z end in terms of like, are the people being born now? Are they Gen Z? Or are they Gen Alpha? Is it Gen Alpha the next one? Pretty sure Gen Alpha is the next one. But we have such a hodgepodge of like people my age that were born on the the, the nose end of of Gen Z, where they don't even like they're more almost millennials, but they some of our most of the kids my age were the, their first phones were either iPhones or we were the last kids to get flip phones first. And so it's such a it's such a weird contrast between the, the the nose end and the tail end of my my own generation where you the the separations between I guess that that's poss- pretty much the same thing for for most generations where like I'm sure the nose end of millennials are nothing like the the nineteen ninety eight millennials. So I, I get that, but it's still just so weird the different kinds of contrast that we're like growing up with 90s cartoons and all these things and Fresh Prince and the golden years of Cartoon Network and Japanese animation and kids now are having to deal with what is it the um like these horrible Disney Channel shows and the the political correctness like the, the need to always be it's like this, this like fake progressiveness. I don't know what the word is, um, but this kind of like fake being progressive because it's popular thing is so it's so transparent and it's so awful, and it really just hurts the movement. Because when you <laughs> movement, it just hurts everybody's argument when you have these people. And I think we all know who I'm talking about, especially if you're in Gen Z or millennial. Those people that have like the, the pronoun.
pronouns in their in their in their bio and like their Instagram stories just reposts of Sean King and Occupy Democrats and I mean to be fair it's the same kind of like ignorance and not checking facts that that those people cite on the right and it's it's just the same for both sides like it, it, it's the same thing with you get any number of any group of people together there will always be idiots and sadly there's just a kids this like these days are so much more into politics than kids say like 20 years ago were and now with a with everybody with internet access having having their own platform it gives such a stage to these just just word vomit thoughts of these 13 year olds with them they pronouns and and blm in their in their bio and it's just like they're that is not how you that's not how you be an ally that's that's not how this works it's like being an ally like 95 percent of the time just being a good person like just just be a good person and go protest protesting is great just like having to broadcast that on a large scale and just being like, oh yeah, I'm an ally, like posting that on your story or, and it's just, it's so transparent and I've, and I've done it myself and it's that, that's, that's how I know <laughs> I'm, I'm speaking from a place of like first person experience on this topic. And it's, it's just so fake. And maybe, maybe you come from a good place and maybe you actually believe these things and maybe these are actual things that you believe in, but when, when you stop doing it, like I guarantee you, if like Instagram and Twitter and like social media wasn't a thing, like a good fourth of Black Lives Matter and All Lives Matter, like these, the 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 broad spectrum of all political parties, like a fourth of them, I believe, would be wiped out because you wouldn't have the QAnon people, you wouldn't have the like the, the crazy fucking Facebook groups that are controlled by like Russian bots and like all this crazy shit we saw on Facebook. And then on the, on the other end, you wouldn't have the craziness that comes from the left. And so it's such a, it's such, it's, it's such a weird contrast where, especially somebody like me who's grown up around both sides of people where I was, I was born in Kansas. And so I was around a lot of right wing people who are now Trump supporters and they're not bad people. They just, you know, I, I saw it to my own home where like I, it, not like when Bush was president Kansas is kind of in a bubble where it, the cost of living is so low there that when the housing crisis hit we, we, if we weren't really affected in Kansas like you didn't really see the effects the broad spectrum effects of like the whole economy crashing and like all that shit and so what they feel is that they didn't feel the effects of that for several years down the line so they didn't start feeling the effects of the economy dying, Amazon and all these things until Obama was, was, was the president. And so they see Obama and they see all this stuff happening. And they, and I mean, I saw it in front of my own eyes which is where it's just like the community was dying, like the economy in, in Kansas. Like, there's no opportunity out there anymore. It's just, it's so bad. And when you're starting to see the, the, the effects of just like over farming and the, the ag- agriculture there is terrible. And it's just all those things really started to hit during Bush, but they didn't, they weren't felt by the community, um, <laughs> which is quite convenient for the right until Obama was president. So they look at that and they're like, hey, we voted for you in, 
and your your whole thing was hope and all this. And so, I mean, the polar opposite of Obama is Donald Trump. And so it, it really only made a, it really only made sense where they truly don't even care about his politics. It's, it's more an issue of like them just trying to pick whoever the polar opposite of the, of the last person is. And if you look at the trends of the United States, I mean, Joe, uh, Rogan had a fantastic bit about this in one of his Netflix specials where it's just like, we go right, left, dumb, smart. And then we've always done it where we get, we went Clinton and we went Bush and then we like the, the different levels of stupidity that we try out after we get a smart one. And I think it's so funny that I don't know why I like, I, I didn't watch the, the democratic national convention this year. I, I don't usually, it's just such a, toot your own horn pep rally type thing. And I don't watch the RNC either. Uh, but <laughs> I saw a screenshot from it that they had Bill Clinton on there. Like, why the fuck is Bill Clinton still like being toted around in the democratic party? Like I, if you've seen the 13th documentary on Netflix, you will, you'll understand this, but the, the whole three strikes thing and, and the different things that he just in the prison, prison industrial complex alone, make me not like Bill Clinton. And then you get into this whole Jeffrey Epstein thing. And, ooh, like, I don't know. Like, that Jeffrey Epstein thing happened way before the DNC. So I don't know why they're still toting him around. I think they, um... What was it? I mean, the, the right does it, too. I, I can't even... There was something... It, it's in the double digits of how many, like, sexual assault allegations Trump has. And again, trust me, I am Trump's, like, I am not even on the spectrum of liking Trump in any sort of sense. Um, but definitely, I think that this term is thrown around a lot where um, sexual assault, yeah. So something like, what was it, 98% of uh, sexual assault allegations are, are true. And I, I don't know how they're getting that statistic. And I haven't looked into this. And so this is just complete word vomit. I am uninformed in this. But I don't think that's taking into account because the generally when we hear this, like for day-to-day, like normal people who aren't in the public view, I, I think that's completely true. I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't doubt that for a second. I think it's probably like a little bit lower, like maybe 95, just in case of like the ones that are actually like caught. You know what I'm saying? But I think that, when you're somebody who's in, in the public eye, uh, like Aziz Ansari is, is a great example, and I, I hate to compare him and Trump, but I'm not, but I'm giving an, an example where, like, the his Me Too allegation was like, oh my God, like, it was ridiculous. It was just a bad date. Like, it wasn't anything like, it was just a date, and then they had sex. And it, like, I don't, like, it, it, once it came out, like, I think the majority of, like, rational thinking people just were fine with it. They're like, oh, okay, that's not that's not a me too. Like when you when you go from things like Harvey Weinstein and Bill Cosby and these like people who actually committed rape and sexual assault, like those people are monsters. They need to be they need to be put away. But then when you try to do things like Aziz Ansari and that, that, that just like people point to that as a reason to illegitimize the movement. And I'm not saying those people. Right. But you have to give counter arguments less like ammunition. And so when you when you do these big things like Aziz Ansari or 
even some people point to Louis C.K. and I just I, I I still think I don't think he's in the in the Bill Cosby camp because obviously they shouldn't. It's not like if we treated all crimes the same, like if we was like, oh, if you kill ten people, you get the death penalty, and if you jaywalk, you get the death penalty. We can't treat them all the same. Uh, there's a spectrum to the kind of punishment people should receive, but the whole like. Like he asked to jerk off in front of you, and he and he and you said yes, and he did. It, I I honestly don't. I can, you can't tell like tone from this. What's going on? And we looked into it junior year. We we studied apo- like the apologies of these people. So we looked at Kevin Spacey and and Louis C.K. and a bunch of different comedians, and and his was just weird because it's like I believe it was in a work setting. Like I believe it was his show's work environment, and these people work under him. And I feel like anybody with a brain, and from what I've heard about him, he was fairly, like, with other people. He was very, like, straight-coded, and, like, he hated when people smoked weed and, like, all this stuff. It seems like for a person that is that knowledgeable of what the, the societal norms are, you should know not to take your dick out in the workplace, even if you ask. Like, <laughs> like I think everybody who's ever had a job or has ever worked in an office environment well, so you're not just you're, you're never supposed to have your dick out in the office. And so I, I don't again, it's it's not like a he's not Bill Cosby. And so recently I think he's he's been trying to get in get back into comedy, he's been doing comedy clubs, and people are acting like the and obviously this is the, the vocal minority that out suddenly has a platform and now gets to make these decisions, but they're they're saying that like him getting back to doing comedy is going to, like, hurt women. And, I mean, obviously I'm ignorant because I am not a woman, but I don't understand how that's going to hurt women. I mean, he's not... I, I just don't understand how that, 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 that thought process... But then again, like, really with, with the majority of the cancel, like, cancel culture in general, or the... What's it called? The cult of outrage... This, this just machine of people online that just want to be angry at something. And it's it's just really bad. Like, it's not good at all. Like, the, a great example is the... Um, I'll, I'll cite two examples of just... I mean, you, you can almost pick any sort of cancel culture example, but the two I like to cite are, are Adam Driver's uh, Variety article, I, w- I believe it was. And uh, Joji slash Filthy Frank. I'll start with Adam. Adam Driver, though. Adam Driver, I believe he's a he's a Marine. He was a Marine. He enlisted after 9/11, and so he had a uh, he had a uh, interview with Variety, I believe, where he said that um, the reason he became a Marine is because after 9/11 he wanted to like protect his country and he wanted to. I don't even think he said revenge or anything like that. He just said he he felt he felt like he needed to do his part. And I, I believe I'm elaborating and paraphrasing here, so don't take don't take my word for it. You can go read the article. But people took that as Islamophobic, which is the craziest thing to me. Because one, Adam Driver is just the the most like wholesome. Like, yeah, how can you hate Adam Driver? Like, it's it's an, it, that's when I knew everybody went too far. It's like when we when we tear down Adam Driver, it it, it illegitimizes <laughs> cancel culture immediately because he's just like the the. The nicest human being on planet Earth, but never. Mind, sorry, it's like trying to cancel Keanu Reeves. Um, but yeah, it was just insanity that you could look at an article where he just says, "Yes, 
there was a terror attack against my country. So I enlisted to protect my country. And you equate that to Islamophobia. I don't understand that. It, it, it's just, it, it's just pure making something out as it's not. And I believe in the article, he says that it wasn't about Islam. It was about protecting his country. And like, like I'm not even, I'm not even a huge proponent. Like, I don't even think we should be in Afghanistan. But that is, it's it completely ridiculous to, to say that. And, and <laughs> it was insane. I truly don't, don't understand how you can get from A to B. And when you, when you do things like that, when we have actual people who do actually bad things, they, people will see that. People will see the title like the, oh, Bill Cosby is over party. Like, and they'll see that and they'll think it, they'll illegitimize it because we've, we've cried wolf in a sense. Or when you cry wolf so many times and then the wolf actually attacks, nobody's going to believe you. I think everybody knows the, the, the uh, what's it, was it nursery? Nursery rhyme? No. Everybody knows the tale. I don't know why I had to explain it, but it's just a, it's a perfect example of, of that um, idea coming true in, in real life. And then going to Joji, if you're not familiar. Uh, Joji, is, uh, I believe his name is George. I, I forget his last name. I almost went, I almost said George Michael, but that's <laughs> definitely not him. But <laughs> Joji is a R&B slash, say, hip-hop artist? Maybe, maybe a little bit of soul, maybe funk. I don't know. I don't know what category to put him in. He's a fantastic artist, but he kind of got his start on the internet as a character named Filthy Frank. And Filthy Frank's whole thing was he was George playing a character of, he was basically the worst part of the internet. So everything that you hate about the internet, Filthy Frank embodied every single aspect of that. And with that, you get some hilarious moments because in, in just that, that kind of like hatred and stupidity and ridiculousness and the memes and the facial expressions, you it is it, you can get funny from it, and he was it's a hilarious character, and like pink guy and things of that nature, and and so you could could you could see the comedic value in it. Um, he stopped doing the character just because it kind of like took a mental toll on him to just be this horrible human being, but the the his viewers and the people around the internet like around the the first like five years in like 29, 20, 2009, 2010, like he was a He's one of the biggest creators on the platform, and he still has a, a, a huge amount of subscribers. Uh, but you could you could see the impact he had on the internet. And so, when he stopped doing the character and he released a video talking about why he's not doing the character anymore, I think the general consensus from his community was just supporting him as a as a person because he would he had been such a part of like a lot of people's childhoods in terms of like growing up in the internet, especially like Gen Z. And so to then go from that to see him try to get canceled uh, by, by the K-pop crowd cracked me up. That was the fucking most hilarious thing I'd ever seen is the uh, K-pop people getting on his ass. Because they, because when he stopped doing that, I, be, I don't know if it was the same year or a couple years after that, he decided to start making music under the name Joji. I believe he first started on SoundCloud. 
but he's a like now he's a big time artist. And so um, I think a lot of people at the time kind of joked around like, oh, I can't wait till um, to all to all his like exclusively Joji fans find out about Filthy Frank. Like, that'll be awesome. He'll get a new wave of fans or he'll get a new wave of backlash or whatever it will be. Um, but it's it, it's going to be an interesting it's going to be an interesting time for Joji. And sure enough, I mean, Joji's associated with 88 Rising. I don't know if he started it or if he's just a part of it, but it's kind of a K-pop, hip-hop collective type thing. And so we all kind of joked about it. So sure enough, down the line, probably a year ago or so, <laughs> look what we see. Sure enough, all the K-pop fans <laughs> find out about Filthy Frank and they lose their shit. Oh my god, the Twitter firestorm was hilarious. These just like, and that's the whole thing. It's just is these people. I'm sure they're well intentioned. They 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 see what's going on in the news, and they don't want to. They don't want to be the the. They want to be the new the generation that that doesn't that doesn't stand up, and they don't. They, they're not silenced, and they don't bow down to racism, and they're not going to let this continue. But if you would just in, in the analyze the context of the situation and, and the character and what a character is and, and the artistic value behind that there's your your entire argument and, and point just collapses and I think that's part of the reason that they don't want to look into it most of the time it's just because they they this this like cult of outrage they have so much support behind them just blindless support and so the second you say like oh I'm gonna cancel somebody this person's racist or I'm going to can't like it, it happens on both sides, but I'm just using the left as an example because uh, I'm, I am a generally, I would say on the leaning left most of most, most of the time. And so I, I've, I'm more just involved with this community than I am with the right, but it's, it's truly just sad. It's so sad just to see how ignorant these people are and how ignorant, like, Everyone seems to be at, at this at this stage, and I mean, of course, I'm not. I'm not this is not me trying to say that I'm perfect and I'm all knowing. I definitely have my moments of ignorance every day, but it's just it's troubling, and it and it makes me worry about what we're gonna do and how fake this this makes people, and how how horrible social media is. And really, I I I stress this so much to the to my friends my age and and really to anybody who will listen is just like take a break from social media take a break from the phone take a break from this podcast <laughs> just like go just social media blackout for a little bit I've I do three months or some so of the year where I just kind of delete Instagram and I delete Snapchat and I delete all these things I could do a whole episode of talking just fuck Snapchat so much but actually we'll, we'll do it at the end of this I'm not sure how long this is going to be but We'll keep going as long as I can. Um, but yeah, just take a break. Like the the mental health benefits of the break from social media and the the notification anxiety and all these things and and just taking a break from that and just going outside, taking a walk and taking a breath of fresh air and just not being tied to this virtual world. Like you could obviously you could still text and call and and. Don't just like throw away your phone because there are there are positive aspects to this to this whole thing as well. But like if there's somebody that you want to talk to and somebody you want to keep 
keep in touch with, just like call them, have a conversation, FaceTime them. You don't need to, like the, the, the reason I'm so comfortable with deleting things like Instagram and Snapchat is the people I actually care about, I keep in touch with. I don't, I don't let them fall by the wayside. And if, and if I do let them fall by the wayside, it probably means that I don't, that I don't care enough or that I don't, that I'm not good enough friends with them where I don't really want to see their lives. And that's what I've been kind of doing recently is just unfollowing a bunch of people from like high school and, and middle school on Facebook or not on Facebook on, on Instagram. It's just like, if we've never spoken, I don't know why we're friends. Like this idea of like friends on social media is just, is just really, uh, it seems real phony. I, I'm, <laughs> I kind of do sound like, a what's the kid from Catcher in the Rye? The uh, Holden, I think was his name. The, using the term phony just just gives me uh, like holding flashbacks. Uh, if I'm using, if I'm saying his name wrong, I, I've read the book like six times and I I, I dislike it, but I, I do see the um, the the reason the book is recommended to us. Um. Anyway, where, where was I going with this? Yeah, mental health benefits of ditching social media. It's just such a. It's so bad. It's so bad. And so like the 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 three months that I'm I'm doing I'm two months or two months or uh, two weeks in now. And it's just amazing. It's it's so awesome. And I and you, I almost feel healthier. Like the the kind of toll it takes on you just to constantly be in this battle. And and, and what I've done to help myself when I'm not doing these these like breaks from social media is like, especially with Twitter, I don't follow political stuff or I don't do any of that on Twitter. The most mostly I I only use Twitter as I follow like meme accounts and shit like that and shit posting accounts. And so when I go on Twitter, it's mostly just like funny instead of having to just deal with ignorant people. Cause that is so emotionally draining that, that I don't want to be exhausted from looking at my phone. I want to look at my phone cause, cause I want to see my friends or I want to do something like that. I want it to, to help me and not, and not make me hate the world. And I, I do feel like we need to, we need a little break from the world right now. Um, just because with everything's going on, I just, it seems like we all need to take a break from this and it, it, it really like having to live your life behind a screen, especially right now is such a, it's, I think it's really important time to, to show how much we really don't need to be dependent on our phones to do all this. And they're obviously like with the camera and, and like catching things on film, like that isn't, that's an important aspect and we don't need to get rid of that, but I'm saying social media in general. And I'm, I'm kind of disappointed just because I was very excited to get my, uh, get, do my research paper this year in English was, I was going to do the, the effects of mental health on Gen Z in terms of like social media, like the, the different kinds of mental health problems that a Gen Z has, uh, is, is, and can be directly associated with the rise of social media and is, uh, I don't know if it's, I don't know if we've had enough research into it, but it's directly correlated, I'll say, with the rise of smartphones and social media and such like that. So correlation is not causation, but I'm saying there is a very good argument to be made of a a very, yeah, say, we'll say very good. English is hard. I'm not the smartest person ever, so I'm a fucking idiot. So this is not a, uh, this is not a place to like get your ideas from. I'm just kind of ranting about shit I see every day and a few 
yeah, don't come here for like ideas or like form your own thoughts. Like this is not a, this is not a just regurgitate what I'm saying type thing. Anyway, where was I? Huh. Totally forgot where I'm at. Oh, here we go. Um, I'm just going to, I'm going to get off the whole social media thing. It's, I think everybody, once you get a little bit older, you realize how fucking garbage it is. And I never understood why my, why my brother doesn't, doesn't ever get on it. He's, he, I mean, he's kind of an antisocial person in general, but, and so that's what I thought it was, but he's, he was definitely ahead of his time and was a way smarter than me and getting all, getting off of all that before, before me. And, and really the, the, I've asked myself this every couple months is like, I keep deleting it from my phone, but why don't I just delete it permanently? And my excuse for Instagram is, uh, I take a lot of videos and, and do a lot of stuff on social media, like, uh, like this podcast for, I don't, I don't really call what I call it social media. Yeah, I do this and I do like my YouTube channel where I talk about tech and stuff like that. And so it, it's kind of an outlet artistically in, in, in that way is like, I can show off my, me taking photos and I can kind of keep my, my family up to date with me and what's going on with me. Um, especially with like family members I can't talk to all the time. It's, it's good to be able to like post a photo of, of me doing something and things of that nature. And I guess that's, that's what Facebook was ideally for, but I, I, Facebook is a whole, whole other batch of really shitty lemonade that, uh, I can't even, I haven't been on Facebook in years. I created an account. I don't even think I ever had the app. It was just such a a shit storm of just absolute headaches that I just refused to take part in. Um, especially with like, my mom's a perfect example of this. Like the kind of stress that comes along with being that connected and she has to use it for work, but it's, it's quite obvious that she's very addicted to this whole Facebook aspect and, and just the all seeing and there are positive aspects to it, but the negatives are, are so heavy and it's so obvious that the, the toll it takes on her and, and it's just, it's so rough and oh, I, I just constantly glued to the phone and I, I, I really do want to be a person that like isn't dependent on a phone. A friend of mine, she's really good at that, not being, not being on her phone all the time, and it's kind of frustrating when you're trying to get a hold of her. But in general, I, I really find it refreshing, and it's just something that I think needs to be <laughs> a, a term that I have come to find really annoying is, is normalized. But I think I'm going to use it in this in this setting because I can't think of another word is. We need to normalize not not being on your phone and just being being present in a situation and not having to. And it, it's 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 an addiction. It really is. It's a it's a real addiction. It's the phone and social media and all this. And I find myself doing it all the time. It's it's a it's a comfort thing. Like even just what was it Saturday? I was in line at um, at Shake Shack. <laughs> they were they were real backed up, so I just had nothing to do, and so I was just standing there. And 
instead of just being present in the moment, it was, I was outside, the weather was nice. I could have just enjoyed the weather and enjoyed, uh, people watching and doing all that. I instinctively just like ran to my phone and just, and just opened it. Like I didn't even know what I wanted to do. I had no purpose. It was, it was mindless usage. There was no, there was no idea behind it. There was no purpose. I just opened it, stared at the home screen. And I was just like, why am I doing this? Am I not comfortable enough being alone and just not even like alone? Like I was just in a group of people, but it was just like, it's, it's like second nature. Like as soon as you're you're not perfectly comfortable with a situation, you can just escape in a moment's notice and go on Twitter. And it's, it's ridiculous. It's, it's completely it's, yeah, it's just ridiculous. And, and so I caught myself in that moment and I'm just like, what am I doing? Just, just put it down, put it away. And I was just present in the situation. I just started looking around and, and it's funny how much, how much humor you can find in everyday things because holy shit, the people <laughs> that were in line for Shake Shack, I got, they won all the guys because this is so. This is Chestnut Hill, Massachusetts. This is a very uh, a bougie area of some of a real special kind of white people that are just like every single like all of them were out of shape, but all of them were wearing like exercise clothing, but none of them were exercising. I mean, they're fucking in line at Shake Shack. Like, what? <laughs> when you jog here? No, it's Shake Shack. But sorry, <laughs> tangent. It's. It's just, it's hilarious to me that the, <laughs> that like every single dude had the exact same thing, like <laughs> super tan, like ridiculously tan, like nobody is that tan or should be that tan. Like, like melanoma is, is, is knocking on the, on your door, bro. Uh, the, the like, the long hair, <laughs> the sunglasses on that little band that like goes around your back. They've got, like, the windbreakers. Everything's, like, Columbia. And then it's, like, hiking shoes, like, Nike hiking shoes. Like, uh, <laughs> it's just, like, where are you hiking? You just got you got out of here in a Range Rover. Like, why are you? I don't know. It's It was so it, I I found it so fucking funny. I was giggling to myself alone in a fucking parking lot. I, I don't know if anybody saw that, but it was <laughs> really cracked me up. But yeah, it's just like being able to be alone with yourself and just and just think and not have to have a distraction and just be able to people watching is, is truly one of my favorite things to do and it's it sounds like creepy like people watching but it's it's really uh, it's it's really a fun fun thing to do especially um, I like doing it with uh, like on a date or something like that obviously not a first date because that's kind of weird but on once you get to really know the person and you and you get to know their sense of humor and things like that, you can just kind of go out and and just see the world. And, and especially when you do it with somebody else, you get to get a second perspective on different people and you get to see the the humor and, and people in everyday life. And it's, it's, a, it's a real bonding experience. And so that's why I like it on dates. It's just because you get to, you get to learn, you get to learn more about a person from them talking about other people then they then you could learn from them talking about themselves if that makes any sense could 100% just be talking on my ass but that's at least how I feel what do we... <laughs> um, 
I'm going to go on a on a tangent here, uh, talking about, I don't know if you guys have ever seen this show on, on complex. It's, it's on YouTube. Uh, it's just uh, sneaker shopping with like celebrities and one fucking, it can be hilarious and it could be real interesting, but it's a real like copy paste formula. There's not a lot of real thought put into it, but the host, <laughs> the fucking host is this guy named Joe LaPuma. And he might just be the douchiest human being I have ever, like, witnessed. Like, in the, in the English lexicon, if you, if you could look up the word douchebag and just, like, Google image search douchebag, I feel like Joe LaPuma would be the first image that shows up. And it's just this, like, weirdly old dad bod looking dude who... If you can, if you can imagine it, and please look up a video so that I'm not, so that you can really get an image of this guy, but he, he has like, he's just like pure douchebag, like Yeezy 350s, super long, like overhang shirts. He's uh, like, he has a five o'clock shadow, but he doesn't, but he cuts it. He, like, goes straight to skin around his neck, so he has the five o'clock shadow, but it, like, accentuates his jawline in a, in a very transparent way. Like, he, like he knows that we know that he's doing that. And he, and he the, my favorite thing, it, ev- oh, it's just so fucking iconic, is the way he stands and when he asks questions when these celebrities are just trying to, like, shop for shoes, is he puts, he, uh, he stands real wide, spreads his feet like he's gonna, he's trying to, like, catch a baseball or something like that. Um, like he's coming up to bat, he spreads his feet and then he puts all of his fingers together and like out in front of him, like he's like extending his arms and then like touching all of his fingertips together in this weird, uh, like douche formation. Like he's like all the Voltron rings of douchiness come together and assemble in this guy's hand. And oh my God, I can't tell you. I only watch it for that. I only watch it for the stands. And he takes it. He, he might take a couple minutes to work into it, but the second it comes, oh, it's just pure, pure ecstasy. It is. There's nothing like it. And oh, he is. Uh, he is something else. And oh, some of the interviews on this show are just mint. They're so fucking good. Uh, like. I like Pete Davidson. I'm a big, I, I love comedians. And, and Pete Davidson is somebody who I think is real funny in interviews. And his, his one was real funny. He's, he's very self-deprecating. And so that, that worked well with the show. And he's a big sneaker head and loves, and loves the culture and all that thing. So he was an interesting, uh, he was an interesting watch. Uh, but when you get people like Bella Hadid, and I, I think a lot of people who are familiar with the show know this episode. Uh, it's, it, it has, lived outside of the show in, in meme infamy and just cringe, uh, worthy content, uh, for, for a very long time. This happened a couple years ago. I think this was right around when she started dating the weekend or, or when, when he started dating her, or maybe it was right before, but it might be just the most awkward. It, it it's just the weirdest interview you will ever watch. And she kept saying, like, this, these, like, weird slang terms that, like, people haven't used in, like, ever. Like, she kept saying homeboy. <laughs> I'm going to butcher it, but she's like, like, if, if homeboy comes in in, in, these, in these Johns, <laughs> like, homeboy going to, like, get it. <laughs> it's the most 
awkward, like, coming out of, like, a rich white girl thing that, like, it sounded like when you're, when you're white, like, suburban white friend, like, just first discovers hip-hop and then decides they're going to use all the terminology, it's, it, that's what it sounds like, but just in, in the worst way possible. And so the, there's compilations of just the most, the cringiest moments of this interview. Like, it's definitely not a, um, this is definitely not a, uh, an unknown interview or an unknown subject. And I'm sure people have never even seen the show, but have probably seen that interview. And I, I really encourage you to go back and watch it. It is the nervous energy you get from that is very similar to the nervous energy of, of watching, like, of like going on TikTok and if you go on your like for you page and the first thing you see is some like 12 year old girl doing some sort of wop dance trying to act like hot for the camera and you just feel there's just something that just like it's wrong and it feels so wrong to be caught in that situation like you get that like weird like nervous nervous like porn energy where you're just like the second it pops up you just like look at all the doors and entrances you're like hey, can anybody see my phone like jesus christ why is this happening and yeah, it, it's a, it's a very, it's a very similar feeling where you're just like, oh, oh no, oh fuck, oh god, no, 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 get this off, I'm off my phone right now. Like it's just, it's so bad, it's so bad. I don't know why anybody, <laughs> I don't know why after taping that they thought the, they were going through the edit and they were like, oh yeah, no, this is good, we'll post this. <laughs> like I don't know, whoever they're. Um, I don't know if Joe produces it or if it's all complex or something like that, but holy shit, is that just the fucking greatest interview I've ever seen in my entire life? Um, they do have they have they do have good um, good episodes like the the Crystalia one's pretty pretty interesting and the um, like I said the Pete Davidson one's funny, but honestly I kind of like most Pete Pete Davidson interviews. He's just a he's a real interesting guy, but um. Yeah, sorry, sorry. The, the Joe LaPuma tangent is what I'm going to call that that segment of the podcast. Is every now and then we'll just check in on how how Joe's doing, make sure he's make sure he's uh staying on his path. Can't have him deviating. We need our we need our content. Can't let him can't let him put us out of business. We should that should be a whole segment of the show. Is just the the Joe LaPuma pick of the day. Dude has an interesting shoe collection, but. Whew. He is, uh, he's rough to look at. He's not even like an, he's not even just an ugly guy. He just gives off like weird uncle vibes. Or just like the uncle that just tries too hard. Like, uh, somebody, I showed him to my friend the other day and he goes, oh yeah, that's Hassan Minaj. I'm like, no, 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 no. I I can't tell if that's racist or not. Because I do get the idea, like they're both, like, I don't even think, Joe LaPuma's, like, Indian. Because Hassan's Indian. And they both kind of have that, like, very manicured, very into, like, black culture type vibe. But they don't look anything alike. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure. Uh, Hassan's made a couple jokes about him on his show, um, Patriot Act. If you haven't seen it, it's on Netflix. It's definitely a good watch. It, it, it makes you hate everything about all facets of life. Like, you kind of he kind of just like opens, it's very similar to the John Oliver show on HBO, if you've seen that, where he just kind of like shows why everything in life is horrible. And, <laughs> um, but in, unlike John Oliver, he kind of does some more, some more Gen Z oriented content. Like it's, 
not dumbed down, but it's, it's more like, oh, he'll talk, he'll tackle like the video game industry or like Supreme and like fashion culture and stuff like that, where I don't know, I, I, I would now that, uh, Patriot Act's off the air, it didn't get renewed for a third season, I think it was on, or maybe it was fourth. Um, <laughs> I really want to see John Oliver take on like Supreme. Cause I do think that would be just his, like, he's got such a dad energy and such a dad vibe that I just think that would be the funniest thing I'd ever seen. And Hassan does too, but Hassan at least has like the, the credit of being a, at least like well-dressed uh, person who like appreciates the culture. And I don't, I, I can't see, I can't like, there's a reason John Oliver hasn't done a, hasn't done a Joe LaPuma complex sneaker shopping video. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, so I think that'd be fucking hilarious. Uh, but both the shows, great, great watches. I'd recommend either of them. Um, they they both have, I would say, a left lean, but they do they do very good research. Both shows and Hassan is a little bit more uh, fun, or Patriot Act is a little bit more interesting. It's more of an interesting watch, just in terms of like the the graphics and different visual things they do with the show is a little bit more than than John Oliver, uh, you could de- definitely see the budget being shown, and they have, uh, Hassan does a lot of, like, talking with the audience, and he'll, um, connect with the audience and do certain things like that, that's, that's fun to watch, but, all right, transition, I'm gonna rant about Snapchat for a little bit, <laughs> so, my generation, and I think the, the start of, millennials have kind of latched on to, to Snapchat for, I don't know why, like, I get the, I get the whole, like, nudes aspect of it, and, like, you're not trying to do that over text, and I get that, and I get it, I get it, I do, but it's such a bad app, like, I, I got it, uh, I got, I did a Robin Hood and did the, like, the free stock thing, and I got Snapchat, and I immediately sold it, because I was like, this app is not going anywhere, I hate it so much, with a passion. And there's certain people that I only talk to through Snapchat, like I don't have their numbers. And so that's the only reason why I continue to re-download it every couple months. But it's just, oh, it's just hot garbage. Like the way, I don't know what their compression algorithm is for, for photos and that's not the main reason I, I hate it. I'm just gonna go through my, my, my bullet points. <laughs> but their their compression algorithm for photos is so bad. Like it's a thousand times worse than what your camera actually looks like. And then they like they smooth out your skin and it's so many oh I'm just like fuck you. And the cringiness of the the Snapchat filters and all this stuff. Like it's the same thing with Instagram when Instagram just completely straight copy pasted their entire app on Instagram. But it, it's, uh, whew, I just hate that app with a fucking passion. And how the entire, like, right side, when you go to see somebody's story, again, stories, stupid, get rid of them. Um, but the, the, when you swipe to the right, it just immediately, everything, it's just ads. Like, the entire page is just ads. They, they disguise it as, like, news and stuff like that. But no, it is just, you click on it, and... Maybe you're looking for, like, one thing. Like, the, the title grab. Like, they're like, oh, John Mulaney says what? Like, it's very it's very transparent. But if you've ever used the app, you know what I'm talking about. And you click on it. 
then you have to go through like 36 ads and this random person talking nonsense. And then 95% of the time, you don't even actually get to the thing you clicked on it for because you'll go and you'll spend like five minutes just clicking, trying to get to, to find the actual thing you're looking for. And it's never there. It's like, they just make, I swear to God, half the time they just make up some sort of clickbait thing. And usually with clickbait, at least like, they'll at least reference the title. But I swear to God, with some of these Snapchat things, they don't even, they just make some shit up, don't even reference it, don't even acknowledge it in the title. And they're just like, oh, what are you talking about? What do you mean? What do you mean we said Cardi B died in our horrible car crash? No, no. We just, we just, we want to talk about the Muppets movie here. It's like, no, like, I just don't know why anybody uses that app. And then, oh, the fucking, so I used it fairly regularly, like freshman year of high school, I would say, was when I was most active on the app. And the whole idea of streaks is, is like, I get it in concept, but the execution is horrible. Like, I get it's like, oh, wow, like, I, like, uh, oh, I, that's my best friend. Like, we've had a streak for, 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 like, ever. Like, we've had a streak for, like, 30 days. Oh, my God, it's insane. But you'll get people who you don't even know. Like, I've had, there was people at my high school that I had streaks with that I had never spoken to, never met, didn't even know what they looked like. Because every day, we would just send each other a black screen that said streaks on it. The point of streaks was to show like, oh, I'm such good friends with this person. I've talked every day with them for like 30 days. But no, 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 no. <laughs> it, and then if you lose a streak with somebody, like, I don't know, if I wanted to just like not use my phone on a Sunday and just like be with my family, people would get like angry at you. You're like, why'd you lose our streak, bro? Like, I don't fucking know. Maybe I just wasn't on my phone today. Why is that such a terrible thing? But they used it as like a measure of a friendship. It was like, I talk to you every day. Who the fuck cares if we have some number on an app? Like, it doesn't matter. Like, it's meaningless. And it's, oh, I just fucking, oh, I hate it so much. Compression, ads, and, oh, and then there's people, there's, like, again, certain people I only talk to through this thing. And the whole, like, nudes thing and, and like, 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 having to save messages coming from a person who, like, doesn't use Snapchat all the time. I don't remember to save stuff. So when I talk to somebody, like generally when I'm talking to somebody, I'm talking because I'm interested. Even if it's just like a a purely like I don't want to say like fake, but it's like if I'm only there for like, you know what I'm talking about. It's like, I'm, I still want to if I ask you a question, like I want to know the answer and I want to remember it. Like, uh, like I'm, I'm bad at like just remembering things off the top of my head. Like if you tell me something Generally, I'll, like, go home and, like, write it down so I don't forget it. If it's just, like, facts about you or information. I try to, like, retain that. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm trying to keep that information. That's why I like text because I can go back and, like, reference it and be like, oh, what was her brother's name again? Like, oh, it was that. Okay, cool. But on Snapchat, you have to, like, go through and tap every single message and save it. And it's fucking annoying as shit. And, like, I'm just lazy, and that's why I don't like it. <laughs> but it's, it's, like... Can I, can I, can we just, like, not do this? <laughs> There's just so many times where I just find myself exasperated. And I'm just like, can we just, like, talk and not have to use some sort of, like, sexting app? And then there's others, there's other apps that are worse than, like, Ubo and shit like that that is just, like, the worst idea on planet Earth, which is, if you're not familiar with 
uh, Yubo. It's Tinder for, for children is what it is. Um, and if you're sitting at home and you haven't heard about this before, uh, Tinder <laughs> is a dating app um, for meaningless sex with strangers. But Yubo is that, but for children. Because children should be meaning, should be meeting strangers for meaningless sex. Yes, this is true. It's the exact same format. You see photos of people with no information, and you swipe left or right if you like them or don't like them, and you can message them, and you can uh, like live stream like what's it, like it's not like FaceTime because obviously it's not it's not Apple, but it's you can like video chat with them. That was the word I was looking for, and do all these things, and it's just like oh, it it just makes me nervous that that's a that that's a real thing. And I don't, there's, there's tons of apps like that. And if you remove yellow or Yubo or whatever it's called now, there's just another one will pop up out of nowhere. And it's, it, it's just, it's so sad that my generation's dumb enough <laughs> to say Tinder for teens. That's a fucking fantastic idea. Sign me up. Where, <laughs> where do I sign? <laughs> it, it, it's just fucking ridiculous. It's the, it's the equivalent of like those, those like to catch a predator, like online chat rooms, you know what I'm saying? It's like Mike met our uh, met our agent on a underground chat room, and it's like no, now it's just called Yubo, and it's a it's a million dollar company. No, wait, what do they do? No, yeah, they raised um, I, when I was doing my uh, I did some research on this because I was gonna make a video for YouTube for it about just me ranting like this, and uh, <laughs> they raised like thirteen billion dollars or something in like a Series B funding round. That just blew my mind. It's like, how do you, as an investor, look at the idea of Tinder for children and go, "That's gonna work out. <laughs> That's gonna go well. I want to put my money into Tinder for children." I don't get it. I don't get it at all. I don't understand it. It's just, yeah, a lot of bad ideas, a lot of bad decisions going on. Something that, again, can't really control, but I can sure as hell complain about it. Again, this is kind of the uh, the, the mind equivalent of a shit post. I'm just kind of the the virtual equivalent of me just kind of talking to myself for a little bit, and that's what we're gonna do. This is, this is kind of what this is when I don't have when I don't have guests on, and I just kind of find something I want to rant about. I'm just gonna hop on here and say some uninformed, uneducated shit because I can. This is not a this is not a news media outlet. I'm not here to in- inform you. I'm just here to complain and you're here to maybe listen, maybe check up, maybe you're randomly interested or maybe I told you about it and you wanted to come find some dirt on me. If that's the case. Hello? Um hi grandma and uh yeah, that's um, we covered we covered some good stuff today. I think I think I'm gonna wrap it up here. We're about we're about to hit an hour, at least on on my calculations. I'll probably cut out a lot of this just because probably some some background noise. And he's about to start cleaning the floors because I'm at work right now. <laughs> so as soon as he starts to clean the floors, it gets real noisy in here. So I can't really film or record. But hey, thanks everybody for uh, tuning in. If you if you enjoyed, I'll come back soon. I hopefully I'll be able to push another one out of these.
I, I met a guy the other day named Jamie. I think I'm going to have him on the podcast pretty soon. Um, I'm going to try to get my brother on. Um, both just really interesting people. Uh, Jamie, I met on Call of Duty, <laughs> and it's 